Welcome to the Inspired Wild Podcast. I'm Trevin Stolzfus, and it is day three here in Utah. I'm sitting here with a whole crew of guys. We've only got three of us on right now. We're having a mic, little mic, mic issue going on. But that's just part of par for the course. So we're going to talk a little bit about today what happened. Um, I got Adam and Chris Honstein on the mics. Uh, we got Lane Garrett. Tanner and Eric are sitting with us, but they'll be coming on shortly, at least some of them, um, to tell their adventure. Because we kind of split up. Adam, talk about this morning a little bit and what, uh, you know, kind of what our plan was and how we arrived at that. And then talk us through. <clears throat> well, yesterday we went on kind of a scouting adventure to the south uh, to check out Devil's Armchair. We ended up running into... Uh, some ATV years and uh, they dropped us a little uh, dime of information for a uh, some country up north. So we sat down and kind of crunched over the map and uh, realized it was some good looking country and kind of just figured we need to explore more, scout more, and try to locate some of these bigger bucks. I mean the country just supports larger bucks than we're seeing so uh, got up uh, in the morning and uh, eventually just stopped by the side of the road and uh saw a fence and took a little peek over it and found a really nice looking bull at the top of the, uh, the range about ten thousand feet and uh a nice what, looking what bull oh i thought you said bull no bull oh, <laughs> no the bull was also in there too but uh that's kind of how we started our morning right away was just scouting some really nice country at a ten thousand elevation and uh you know it worked out good because uh, when we peeked over, I wish I would have been a little bit cautious, more cautious, shall I say, about peeking over because the deer were, how close do you think those deer were, Chris, when we first peeked over? I didn't get a really good look at them, but from where we were standing, probably a little over 100 yards, you think? Yeah, I'd say 80 to 100. They were close, but. And they were feeding up, so we backed away. And if you can imagine this, I'll try and set the scene here. Uh, if you can imagine, it's a huge bull in the bottom of it. It's it's coming up dark timber, few aspen patches, and then into choke cherries. And it's pretty steep. Very steep. And um, so these deer feeding, which we've seen a lot, I think you'd all agree, we've seen a lot of deer feeding in these choke cherries. And... Um, they seem to really like that browsing. And so I didn't expect to see him that close. I don't think any of us did. And and we pop, pop, popped over, and if I had it to do over again, I would have maybe approached a little bit lower and looked up in that bowl, the, the head of that bowl versus pop right over. But this was new country to well, us. Well, really, you didn't even get busted. I mean, they looked up at you, but... You kind of backed out right, right away, so I, I bought, we were still yeah, okay. Yeah, and then we kind of backed around and did go down below, snuck up, got eyes on them, and they were feeding up and over. And they were going to top over the bowl, and we didn't know it was on the other side. So we kind of tried to send you guys around. Uh, when I say you guys, Adam and Chris kind of button-hooked, hit back over the, the edge of the road, which is out of sight, 
and then you guys were going to hot foot it up and get around them so that if they fed up over they were going right, to be right in your lap yeah and i think when we first started taking off too to go do that to catch them right when they were coming up the top we kind of got pegged down didn't we i remember i could just see them and so adam and i were trying to get down a little bit lower to get back over so we could yeah when you guys came when you guys crossed over i looked back and i had wanted and i had and i didn't communicate this of course but i had wanted you to go down and and around because that there was a little knob right and you guys headed straight over and the deer went and looked right yep. at you yep and that's when we got pinned <clears throat> yeah which was interesting because the wind was in our favor right it was blowing away from them towards us so that i know i wasn't too worried about our sound but it was that moment where you have to commit to really beating feet to get up around that ridge and catch them in the open but they just kept moving i i did not expect them to move that fast up well towards the edge they of the got bowl. boogered when they saw you yeah and and but if they would have topped over we would have had uh, uh, not that we had a chance but but we have a chance we're going back in the morning if they'd have gone over we don't know where they'd have gone so it actually at that very moment we hear the old buzz of an atv and they it, somebody comes whipping up on an atv now they can't see the deer of course the, they're probably not 30 yards from the deer and the deer, lucky for us, the deer hightailed it, turned, and bailed all the way to the bottom of that thing. Yeah, because they were making their way up to the top. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if we had more time, we did it the right way. We could have gotten position because the wind was right in our face, and we could have wait, just waited for them to come over the top. But like you said, we did get pegged there because we didn't go far enough around to not let them see us. But I can tell you that for the start of a morning after what this is going to be what today was day three mm-hmm. and uh, as much time as we spend on the glass and exploring and trying to get a feel for the area to start the morning off with getting that surprise buck at a hundred yards, I was ecstatic. Like that was that was a great feeling. It was just a surge of hope of knowing that there are larger bucks in here than little two points. And there's a lot of diverse country. I mean, when you go all the way up north and you're at 10,000 feet up to almost 11,000 and you're having this kind of, it reminds me more of Colorado, these open pastures with wildflowers and then aspen patches and mixed with dark timber, but there's good quality glassing there. And then you go all the way to the south and you're more in this desert-like, heavy boulder uh, much drier climate and there's not that much green it's just you can kind of explore all kinds of different varieties of hunting and what kind of terrain you want almost, to focus on almost two different ecosystems pretty close together yeah for sure well i i think um then then so so that was encouraging so we sat and we we were trying to pick them out as they as they bailed off we were trying to pick them out in um as they went through the aspen pockets to the bottom and i caught them going out the bottom and then i think i picked up like three or four more does that they kind of pushed them right out yeah as they were running down and um then it was really cool we look over and there is a pretty good bull um you know (laughs) 
white white antlers as white as white could be ivory white must have just shed his velvet and mature bull um and he's just kind of working up out of the bottom on the opposite side so that was pretty cool to see that we watched him for a little bit and then the the deer ended up going into a little stand of pretty dark timber and uh so well and it was encouraging like you said that the fact that you know seeing those deer in there and we saw a few more but we we saw bucks today but yeah we've been the, seeing a lot of does <clears throat> a lot, lot of does, does. I mean, when you add it up today after the first bowl and the second bowl, which we'll get to, is, I mean, total for the day, we're up to 10 bucks. Yeah, which was... That's scarce. Which was nine more than we... Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Not really. I mean, we did see a few other uh, more more deer yesterday. We did see our first uh, buck bigger than a two-point yesterday, but nothing that was stockable. So, um, I, I, you know, I, I think we're also learning the country a little bit. And, um, you know, an interesting thing happened tonight, which we're going to talk about in a bit. But that's just part of the is, you know, part of figuring it out is learning how these deer hold up, what they're keying on for prime forage. You know, all those things. You can probably hear the wind. We're uh, once again sitting around the campfire. And, and I, I don't think it's been still since we got here. I think we've always had a breeze kind of that uh east east i think that's east isn't that east it's, it's always out of the west in the evenings yeah 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 so um adam t- 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 talk about that next bowl that so we what we decided to do was we knew that those deer were in there and they we didn't have them bedded we didn't want to mess with them we would leave them alone and we but we wanted to see more of that country yeah i mean looking at onyx it did us a great favor as far as picking out elevation changes and seeing those deep draws and we scooted around that first bowl and we run right into another one and what's interesting about the country up here is there's a lot of terrace there's a lot of drops and steps to the terrain which makes great for glassing also great for stocking and when we pull out that second bowl i mean we were already motivated and then within setting down for two minutes of glassing, we're already picking out another set of uh, deer. And yeah, yeah. We, I mean, literally, we our butts had just got, you know, hit the hit the dirt, and we were setting up everything, and it just just so happened to picked up three deer, and they were walking away from us, but they were heading up to a little saddle. And uh, you know, at first we responded. It looked it was two smaller deer with a larger deer, and right away our default is going to be doe with a couple fawns, because that's what the mo has been pretty much for this whole trip. Right. And glassing him, it was. I'm like, okay, that, that that's just a set of ears on top. That's a doe. And then as soon as it started bounding up the hill over to that saddle, those ears turned into some manes, and that was a good buck. It was a very nice buck. Real wide buck. And the only thing that got me on that one too is that I know when you were talking about the the doe and two fawns because that's what we've seen, you know, consistently. But the bodies on all three of those deer were pretty decent sized, so it kind of made you wonder if they were bucks, but maybe not big bucks. But when that one first one crested the top of the hill and turned his head, yeah, you could see. Oh, yeah. and I was in the process trying to get my uh, uh, my Maven's eighteen uh, eighteen power maven binoculars that we're getting the chance to use on this hunt they're phenomenal 
um, and I was getting them up, getting them set up so I could actually really pick them apart. And by then, they'd kind of got up on that saddle. And once they hit that saddle that's totally open, they uh, grabbed a gear and and kind of moved it around that saddle and into some timber. But that was encouraging. That was encouraging too. And then we were able to go around and cover more country and see how it laid. And we've we basically laid some some groundwork for another plan of attack for for tomorrow morning which is what we're doing so i mean when i look back at it from uh day one when we got here we set up camp and started glassing we saw bucks and they were small and that was encouraging day two we saw more deer and it was all does day three we've every day we're well we saw some bucks yesterday yeah we did i mean we're, we're doubling our numbers every day as far as what we're seeing and really it's and how close we're getting to them too yeah i mean we're 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 dropping from two three hundred yards down to 100 down to 60 down to 20. we're getting into where they're we're we're getting familiar with their habits where they're bedding down where they're staying and also we're learning how to glass for them right i mean it's been pretty standard how to glass for them every morning every evening it's in the choke cherries and they're consistently feeding there every morning and every evening. The only disadvantage we have is the moon. I right. Mean, yeah. They seem to be extremely nocturnal. Right. Exactly. And this this afternoon, you guys decided to um, split up, and um, you actually, Adam, you were going to stay closer to camp and glass uh, across, and uh, Lane and Chris went. And and Tanner went around to the opposite side. Yeah, opposite and, of the valley. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna hand this over to Lane and you guys. I want you to tell that story. That was a lot of. That was probably our biggest, most exciting encounter we've had so far. So there's no uh, probably about it. That's definitely the most exciting encounter we've had so far. <laughs> yeah, it uh, it wasn't necessarily an intended divide and kind of conquer situation, but. You know, uh, we want we, we have a big day planned tomorrow, and we wanted to uh, stay close to camp, and we decided to glass a r- ridge of aspens and choke cherries that we've consistently seen does and fawns in with some small bucks, and it it, it was or it wasn't even planned that w- you wanted to stay really close to camp, and we wanted to stay somewhat close to camp, so you stayed on one side of the basin. Tanner, I, and Chris went over to the other side. And we were going to glass for you and you were going to glass for us. The problem is that it took us longer to get over there and you already had stuff spotted. So we really didn't get to do much glassing for you. Yeah. And, and, and that's kind of how I figured it was going to go. I mean, we've need seen nothing but does on my side, but, um, it was interesting to be able to watch you guys maneuver down the hill. And luckily I was able to spot a deer in the middle of an aspen grove feeding, but I was not able to confirm right away whether it was a buck or doe. And uh, I gave you guys a little bit of a teaser of letting you know it was a doe beforehand. <laughs> and, we weren't surprised if it was, though. Yeah. And uh, then luckily it popped out, and I was able to confirm it was a buck. And it was just one of those two-pointers or three-pointers and kind of what we've been seeing, but it was still something for you guys to make a move on. And through some negotiating and communication, we were able to get you across right above them 
and direct you down to where they were feeding. Yeah, they were in a draw that was such a way from where we were at. We would have never spotted them if you had not told us. Like, you could see them, but there was no way we would have seen them. So it was nice to have you across that ridge looking for us. And then we had enough time. If that had been you glassing from where you were at to get over there, we, we would have, you would have ran out of time trying to get into it. So it was nice to be able to just communicate a little bit back and forth. You tell us where to get into, and next thing we know, we're within 200 yards of where we know this buck is. And it was, it was challenging because we were going by everything you told us, but we were trying to get the aspen trees right. <laughs> of, of which ones they were because yeah. like we actually kind of went <clears throat> i think a little too far to the left at first and then we made our way back but the hard part was is the wind was terrible the so, wind was terrible the wind was blowing straight down so we had so, to make sure that we were coming at them straight from the yep. side hilling instead of coming down on top of them we had to side hill over we so that to, was a little bit challenging the one thing that made that nice was Adam pointed out that there was that cutout or that washout. Yes. And that washout got us two to three feet lower than the rest of the terrain. So stocking in to 200 yards was pretty easy in that washout. And we made sure we got below them so that our wind wasn't going to go over to them. Yeah, we had to drop a lot of elevation just to get the wind in our favor. It took some work, but it was still was challenging trying to pick those off in those trees. So then we're within... 200 yards we know we're within 200 yards and we know where we seen the buck last because when we were talking to adam we actually glassed up the buck so and there we knew there was two in there but we were seeing one so we were going to start working our way in there and just be cautious and be cautious next yeah. thing we know we're 150 yards out yeah that's your cue to talk <laughs> <laughs> well it's kind of hard because we did have a cameraman right behind us and and he was part of it but no we got in with that 150 yards and I think you and Tanner saw the deer. I still hadn't seen it yet. And then when I finally saw it, it, it kind of helped me get the game plan with you guys. I just, I hate trying to stalk in behind you because I know you were leading the way for us. But I hate when I don't know exactly where, where the deer's at. And I finally saw it, and then that helped me. I like being second because I can, if somebody's in front of me watching where I'm stepping, watching to make sure, yeah. then I have my eyes up and I'm, I'm just scanning constantly. I know you were doing that too and that's what Tanner was doing and that's why he was able to spot the buck so fast because I was really concerned on quiet steps, making sure that we were getting in there because we had no wind. We had a nice wind up top and as soon as we got into that valley, it was gone. And that was the amazing part. So we drop all that elevation down to get the wind in our direction or you know in our favor. And then it just stopped. And then we start making this stock when we got, I think we were actually level with the buck, weren't yeah. we? And so we started making the stock across towards the buck and the wind just died. So we had nothing to cover our sound, which that's that was my whole thing with the wind was the sound. And then when we got in our favor, it was like, we're perfect. And then it just died. Everything went still. And from my aspect of it, it, it was fun watching you guys maneuver down towards them and stuff. But the terrain didn't allow for really wasn't conducive to glassing everything i mean if it, unless it's in the open and the the choke cherries are two feet or less i mean i lost that buck so many times in there just because of the train and then you guys end up getting a situation where there's a lot more deer than what i was seeing i mean i saw two going into that situation 
Yes. And then you guys end up in a situation that's way more beneficial. We got to where we were 83 yards away from that buck, and Chris was talking to me. He's like, get me 20 more yards. And we had, as soon as I made the game plan, I took one more step for 20 more yards. My wind changed a little bit. And then next thing we know, a 150-inch buck and a smaller buck blow out below <laughs> us at 30 yards from those choke cherries. I mean, 30 to a maximum of 40 yards away. They just get up and blow away. So we're like, oh. And then another one got up and blew over straight towards that buck that we were looking at. And, and we were stalking towards literally us. walked. I, I didn't see it until you said something, but literally walked 40 yards past us. If we were... And then blew out. I mean, it was yeah. just th those choke cherries were just so thick we couldn't get a shot. I tried to step up and take a shot, and he saw me step up, and then he bounced away towards the buck that we were stalking originally. He saw that other buck and really freaked out, and then started running the other way, and so he freaked out the buck we were stalking. But the, he, ha the buck we were originally stalking, had no idea what was going on. Yeah, he, he just still that, stayed there. He just knew that a deer just ran by him. And that was the tough part because. When we started stalking, I mean, thank you for being a good friend. You looked back at me and said, hey, I'm going to go ahead and range for you. Just get an arrow ready and we'll uh, we'll do this together. But you're, you're going to be the shooter. And we were getting in there. And I, I mean, it was it was we were getting close. I remember just focusing on that deer. And then we heard that noise right below us. And that's when we saw that big buck and, and the other one pop out. And then we started to turn around and focus back after we knew they were blown out. And then that, that one at 40 yards just walked right past us and then blew out. And I mean, that's just like, that's just classic. <laughs> getting focused on something at 100 yards and then you're getting that surprise at 30 and, or 40 yards. And that's yards. the thing is we weren't like super focused in on that buck because he had his head down. But at the time that he blew out, that buck was out in the open. So we were looking all around us. We looked where that buck blew out probably 10 times it was just so thick and those bushes were just so tall that we didn't see him and i think we were surprised too that oh, we yeah. were that close when they jumped up that we just couldn't believe yeah, and it maybe we were looking at 50 yards and 60 <laughs> yards not 30 yeah so i mean we did that and you know the, the surprise was is the buck the initial buck we were going after stayed there and uh we kept working in on it and then the lane just told me hey you know why don't you just get on your you know start crawling that's the only way you're gonna get closer yeah you know? and about that point adam couldn't see us anymore so we were definitely on our own anyway well, we were down we the were, bottom and so we started moving up towards that and that's when that buck knew something was up and he was looking our direction and he just was zeroed in on us anyway so i told chris get down on your hands and knees and crawl towards him if you get just past that tree that's blocking his vitals from this angle, you'll have a shot. And I and I did too. So I got I got I did get within range, but I was just trying to verify it because I just want to make a good shot. And I when I finally got the range on the deer, I you know was ready to pull back, and it just it, that's when it finally burgered out of there and just like took off. And it just took off. just a little bit too movement too much movement for him, too much excitement. He took off, but it was a it was a blast man it was and I, and I tell you we were sitting there talking about this and when we were down there after that all happened we were like can we believe you know can you believe this just happened and lane and i are old close hunting buddies and we haven't hunted in a long time together just because of the uh, schedules yeah schedules lane films and my tags take me in certain places just like his does too so 
we haven't been able to hunt together but we we've been you know real close hunting buddies for a long time and to be able to finally hunt together and have a situation like that happen it was like the good old days and we and, just clicked yeah I loved it. It, it was it was awesome man i, I mean i i tell you what we were barely hiking before this all happened we were glassing and we barely hiked what maybe 80 yards up to the atv yeah and we had our backpacks on and, and we both looked at each other and we're like you know the elevation where we're at right now we're like god that just killed us well we went all the way into this drainage and had this exciting adventure time I, I couldn't even think about when i got all the way from the bottom to the top that i was even bothered by the altitude or anything the excitement was so much fun and it was it was such a blast i just kept thinking about it i got to the top with no problem and it was it was a good time it was a great experience and this is trevin again i'm back i stole adam's mic um when you guys came back into camp i my first thought was oh they're gonna you know you're messing with us now we knew you were on deer because adam came back to camp and and ended up uh telling us a little bit of the story but then to hear that you guys got in there and more deer exploded i think it's something we got to think about because i think there's more deer in here bigger deer for sure that are in here that are hunkering down in these in that's these what we were talking about with that full yeah. moon yeah and the cover they have i think a lot of these and the pressure these bucks are just nocturnal and they're unless you're just doing a really good job of glassing you're not going to see them or if you just get really lucky and they reposition in the middle of the day yeah. that's about the only time you're going to see these bucks move. well and i remember when you said that to us earlier you go you know they're they're nocturnal and you know with a full moon it makes sense and they're not moving during the day and us being down there you know we still had a lot of shooting light left but left but it was getting close you know to the end of the day and those deer were still bedded and it made sense i mean they're bedded all day long until dark yeah so that's exactly what those big maybe that's to do, man. Yeah, yeah and that's you know why we're really not seeing nothing but the smaller bucks well i think tomorrow we've got a good game plan and i think we're going to basically be able to um uh, you know, I, I think every day it's gotten better. And every day it's gotten more exciting. And we've got our ch our chances. I, I We were joking earlier about our misses. Our opportunities are getting better every time. Um, so you know. every day we've been getting, we've been seeing more and we've been getting closer. Right. So when's that chance that that arrow's yeah. going to finally fly? Tomorrow morning. I agree, I agree with you. you. We're going to make it happen. Well, we're going to call it quits tonight. We've got a big day tomorrow. We've got actually two cameramen that are supposed to come in in the middle of the night. Uh, Kyle and Matt will be here to, to help out. We're going to sign off for right now. Um, this is uh, a shorter shorter podcast, but we wanted to give you an update on an exciting day. And uh, we don't, we're not bloody, but we are uh, getting closer. And so uh, this is this is what it's all about, boys. We're having a good time, aren't we? Absolutely. Definitely. And we're eating really good. <laughs> that, the food in this camp. <laughs> I remember. So what we did, just so that listeners know, and this is a great idea, is each one of us took a, a day. And that in that way you could say, okay, you're going to prepare for, you know, this many people for this day. And we just kind of laid it out in a schedule. And then everybody kind of, uh, kind of planned it. It's amazing how many ch different types of chili we've had i made my chili pork my red chili pork lane you made a what, what somewhat would you, traditional red a, chili when you think of red chili you know like 
pinto beans, no, white beans, that's not red chili. Beans. That is called just regular chili. But yeah. you made it with some moose meat. Moose, and then and I put you some put sweet some potatoes. Sweet potatoes. In it was there. delicious. And <laughs> yeah. then your wife, my daughter. Sorry, your daughter. <laughs> my daughter made Savannah. that phenom- phenomenal. Uh, and that was what was the meat in there? Uh, that was elk meat. Yeah. Yeah, that that's, chili that we had the authentic. first night. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. we still have more. We get yeah. that's for tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. All right, thanks for listening, people. God bless. Go out there and find what inspires you. That wild place. We'll talk to you soon. Inspired wild. <laughs> <laughs>